When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. Anything happening in the world of entertainment recently? I don't know, maybe on the Oscars. Slightly active um, music news weekend and week ahead, and we've just got a lot to talk about, Keith. There's a lot happening. Um, Well, (laughs) because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we're going to talk about the tragic death of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins and how the industry is remembering the beloved rocker. Plus, we checked in with Billboard Awards editor Paul Grind for his predictions on the Big Four Grammy categories ahead of this Sunday's show, so stay tuned for that. And it is a full Grammy preview episode because our guest is current Grammy nominee and nine-time winner Nora Jones. In our chat... Nora reflects on the 20th anniversary of her debut album, Come Away With Me, and its upcoming deluxe reissue, her big Grammy night at the 2003 ceremony where she won five awards, and her current nomination for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album for her first full-length live release, Till We Meet Again. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. What's that sound over there, Katie? That would be the trash truck going fast. Oh, I thought your garage door was opening. <laughs> nope, it's the trash truck going fast right you now. Know, my it's my audio. children are very it's, excited about it, but the podcast audience may be less so. <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, before before we get into the news, did, did we want to talk about the Oscars at all, briefly? I mean, sure, we can say that, you know, a lot it it was a it was a great entertaining show. Keith and I actually were messaging uh, during the show saying how much we were enjoying it. And then it started off really solid for like the first hour. Me too. I thought um, there were problems after that. Yeah. Well, it just um, I mean, obviously, the the story out of it is Will Smith going up on stage and slapping Chris Rock in the face. And while it was happening, it was there were question marks about, you know, what's real, what's not. Oh, it was all completely a real moment, unscripted. And you could tell by Chris's reaction, he was not expecting to get smacked in the face while he was on stage. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there were music performances on the show as well. Uh, You know, aside from, you know, noted musician Will Smith giving a performance uh, a (laughs) lifetime. Yeah. 
Not what I was expecting from um, the We Don't Talk About Bruno performance. No, I, we I don't, don't have time for this, but not what I was expecting. Not what I was expecting either. Um, Billie Eilish and Phineas won for Best Original Song. Mm-hmm. Hans and Zimmer had a lovely haunting score. performance. Yep. Um, and uh, Coda won for Best Picture. So That's right. But And Will Smith lost his cool, but also won the Oscar for Lead Actor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So moving on, uh, as we said, it was a a very active uh, music news weekend, and it all started late Friday night when uh, with the shocking news of the death of longtime Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins at age 50. The band announced the news in a social media statement published on the band's accounts, and uh, I, I can only speak for myself, but I honestly didn't believe that it was real. Like, you know, just couldn't couldn't believe it. Nope. Couldn't fathom it. No, nope. this man is a is a you know, longtime member, current member of an active, relevant band that you just do not expect to just out of the blue, um, you know, be found dead. So the Foo Fighters were scheduled to perform Friday night in Bogota, Colombia, as part of Festival Estereo Picnic. But the drummer, who had been with the band since 1997, was found dead in his hotel room ahead of the concert. Um, throughout the weekend, Hawkins' friends and musical peers mourned his death and paid tribute to him, celebrating, as Tom Morello put it, his spirit and unstoppable rock power. Miley Cyrus actually dedicated her Saturday night performance at Lollapalooza Brazil to Hawkins, calling him the most badass dude I know who would want me to shine and sing loud for the love of rock and roll. I think one of the thing, other things about this man is like how many, like the generations of musicians that came out of the woodwork from, I mean, Phineas was one of the first people I saw react. So we're talking best new artist nominee Phineas on the newer spectrum, all the way to like Ozzy Osbourne sending his condolences. And it's like, wow, who expected Ozzy Osbourne to be sending condolences to Taylor Hawkins? That's a surprising turn of events. It was a wide swath of musicians because this man was not only an incredibly skilled drummer, but a clearly beloved person in in music. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. You, saw, you saw everyone from... Um, Ozzy to Stevie Nicks to Queen, uh, uh, remembering Taylor, but you also saw younger, uh, sort of younger bands, younger rock artists, um, who may have been influenced by him. Yep. Um, but it was, it was an incredible, uh, wide swath of musicians who clearly loved him, not just as a drummer, but also as a person. Yep. 100%. Um, and we still are awaiting, you know, more details on, on what happened. Um, the news so far was that somebody reported pulmonary issues from the hotel. And when they came, they were unable to resuscitate him and he was declared dead at the hotel. Um, and the attorney's general office of uh, Columbia on Saturday night reported that a preliminary toxicology report had found traces of 10 different types of substances in his system, not saying that any of this had to do with his death, but they included THC, of course, marijuana, um, antidepressants, benzodiazepines, I'm going to mess this up, and opioids. So there's just a lot to be figured out right now because this is obviously a young, relatively young man. Um, so, you know, and anything we'll, we say now, and Yeah, anything we say now, sorry to cut you off, anything we say now will literally be different in By day. the time you hear this show, maybe, yes. Yeah. So um, but we'll continue reporting not only on, you know, his legacy, but also, like we said, the outpouring of love and support. And, you know, just to 
to mention as we move into the Grammy part of this episode, uh, the Foo Fighters are scheduled to perform at the Grammys on Sunday, or they were announced to perform at the Grammys last week. I believe it was Thursday they were announced. And so it's totally unclear now what will happen there. Um, you know, there's a possibility of that morphing into a tribute or it's a possibility that the band is not ready to get up and perform in any respect right now. So um, hoping that there will be, you know, a way to remember Taylor um, on the telecast since the Foo Fighters have such a rich history with the the Grammys as well. So we will see how that transpires. Okay, so moving on to the Grammys, I know that we just talked about the Oscars wrapping, but this Sunday, uh, all of a sudden, the Grammys are here. The 22 Grammy Awards have almost arrived. The show will go down live from Las Vegas on Sunday, and we thought we should revisit the big four categories ahead of the show. Um, we checked in with Billboard Awards editor Paul Grine, who you've heard us mention on the show before and actually has been a guest with us before, uh, for his predictions this year. And we'll share his big four picks as we go through, um, and you can head to Billboard.com for his predictions and all, you know, the major genre um, awards as well. So let's kick it off with Keith. Can you refresh us on who is nominated for record of the year? Sure. Just to trim 10 nominees <laughs> uh, quickly. It is ABBA's I Still Believe. Nope. ABBA's I Still Have Faith in You. John Batiste, Freedom. Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, I Get a Kick Out of You. Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon, Peaches. Brandy Carlisle, Right on Time. Doja Cat featuring SZA, Kiss Me More. Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever. Lil Nas X, Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Olivia Rodrigo, Driver's License. And Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open. And in this category, Paul is predicting that Olivia Rodrigo takes home the Record of the Year award for Driver's License. And not to be a broken record, but this is the award that is for the recording of the song. I know that record and song of the year are sometimes confused. So this is for the recording of the song. In this case, his prediction is Olivia Rodrigo winning for a song that she also co-wrote. So, you know, she's nominated for for both here. And the award um, goes to the award goes to the artist and producer. And I believe maybe some technical people like mixer <laughs> you know engineer something or other but definitely the artist and the producer gets this award but not the songwriter that is the song of the year category correct so we will move on to that in a second but first let's talk about album of the year and the nominees are john batiste we are tony bennett and lady gaga's love for sale justin bieber's justice triple chucks deluxe doja cat's planet her deluxe billy eilish's happier than ever Hers, Back of My Mind, Lil Nas X's Montero, Olivia Rodrigo's Sour, Taylor Swift's Evermore, and Kanye West's Donda. And once again, Paul thinks Olivia Rodrigo will take this one for Sour. So looking like a good night for Olivia so far, according to Paul. <laughs> well, I, wonder where, I wonder where Paul's going with this. Hmm. Well, why don't we go to the song of the year and refresh everyone's memory? So Song of the Year is a songwriter's award. It goes to the writers of the song. The nominees are, again, there's 10 in this category, just like there's 10 in Album of the Year and Record of the Year. Song of the Year nominees are Bad Habits, uh, performed by Ed Sheeran, but uh, and also written by him. We don't actually have the songwriters listed here. We do us. not. Sorry. So this will just be, we'll give you the songs. Right. Uh, a Beautiful Noise, uh, which was performed by Alicia Keys and Brandi Carlisle. Driver's License, performed by Olivia Rodrigo. She's also one of its songwriters. Fight For You by Her, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. 
Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA, Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic, Montero Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X, Peaches, uh, Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon, and Right On Time by Brandy Carlisle. And once again, Paul has picked Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license to win mm. Song of the Year. Hmm. Okay, so, so far, it's looking like Paul seems to think Olivia could have a sweep. Let's see. Let's see what he says about Best New Artist. So the nominees there are Aruj Aftab, Jimmy Allen, Baby Keem, Phineas, Glass Animals, Japanese Breakfast, The Kid Leroy, Arlo Parks, Olivia Rodrigo, and Saweetie. Who does Paul think will win this one? Well, God. it turns out Paul thinks that uh, Olivia is going to have a very similar to night to uh, what Billie Eilish did a couple of years back. Actually, was it two years or three years now? No, two years. He's pretty sure that she's going to have a Billie Eilish 2020 night, which means that she would win every single one of the big four awards. And Something that offhand, I think. Christopher Cross. Was that the only one that won? Did the Lauren only, Hill not do it? Nope, it was Christopher Cross and Billy, and that was the end. So Billy was the first woman to ever do it. Wow. To be fair, I, just that, you know, and there's an asterisk next to it, but like our guest today, her music won all four of the big four awards, but she did not write her Song of the Year nominee. So she won three of the four big four awards including Best New Artist Record and Album of the Year, Nora Jones, uh, for her album Come Away With Me and for the song Don't Know Why. Um, so, uh, she, you know, it's it's a hard accomplishment, and uh, Paul thinks Olivia can do it. I would not be surprised, honestly. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. But um, Phineas is also nominated in all four big four categories, just like his sister was four years ago. So Phineas has a chance to do the same thing, although, as the predictions show, Olivia a little more likely of a shot. Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of it would be kind of crazy if Phineas won for Best New Artist. I mean, how often does a brother and sister both win Best New Artist at the Grammy? That Awards? would be, and they're clearly beloved by the Recording Academy and their voters. I mean, like they, you know, Billy repeated, Billy and Phineas repeated in was it the Song of the Year category last year? Um, I mean, for it, um, uh, everything I wanted, everything I wanted. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy. To think it, that it would be crazy to the outside world, but I think us who follow the Grammys very closely and 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 music closely would actually it would it make sense. So it, there there is absolutely a way that Billie Eilish. There's a path for Billie Eilish to take record and album and song of the year, and Phineas could win Best New Artist. I mean, there's absolutely yeah. there there is a path for that. And there's also a path for Billie to win Song of the Year three years in a row. To this year as well so a lot so, of cool i mean stay tuned for paul covers all these kind of record breaking record setting things uh on grammy night he's got all of this ready to roll depending on how things uh transpire on sunday so please stick with billboard.com if you are like us geeks about this sort of thing um we'll have you covered he's got 10 different stories all ready to go depending on what <laughs> what outcome comes out of the show i have no doubt uh, you will not be at the show. Neither will I. No, that's true. It's in Las Vegas this year. Um, I typically am involved when it's in Los Angeles. We have a, a smaller crew going this year because of its new location, but we're going to have it covered from all angles and we'll, of course, be watching. Yeah, I mean, Billboard itself will be there. Yes, like, Billboard we will, will be, be on the red carpet, the press room, all the events. That's right. Don't worry. Billboard will <laughs> still be there. 
I didn't mean it like that. I just meant Keith and Katie will not be there. You know, we didn't talk about Katie, but we can talk about the end of the show. Yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep people in suspense. We'll keep it to the end. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Okay. And, and now <laughs> it's time for our interview with nine-time Grammy winner and current Grammy nominee, Nora Jones. Hard to believe it's been 20 years since Nora Jones released her debut album, Come Away With Me, in 2002 on Blue Note Records. The set soared to number one on the Billboard 200 in early 2003 in the wake of the set's multiple Grammy Award nominations, including five for Jones herself. And she ended up winning all five of those awards at the 2003 Grammys. In our chat, we of course talk about what she remembers from her first big Grammy night in 2003 and how the Grammys changed her career. The 20th anniversary of Come Away With Me and its upcoming deluxe reissue due out on April 29th her current nomination for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album for Till We Meet Again, and her upcoming live shows this summer. So take a listen to our chat with Nora Jones. I left you by the house of fun I don't know why I didn't come I don't know why I didn't come Hello to Nora Jones and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. Hello. So you are the guest for our special pre-Grammy episode because in addition to being a nine-time winner and 18-time nominee, you're nominated at this year's show for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album. So got to ask, does this ever get old or are you still just as excited to hear your name on nomination morning? It's definitely exciting. I actually was very surprised by it. So that was nice. It was a nice surprise. They can still surprise you after 18 nominations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know where I'm going to show up last year. I, I was also surprised by a nomination for a song I did with Mavis Staples in the Americana category. So this is the pop. What is it? Traditional, pop, traditional pop vocal vocal. Uh, my original album was in the pop vocal album, which is bananas. Cause it's not, it wasn't really a pop album, but it also wasn't really a jazz album, but I've never, yeah, you know, genre is funny. It's just, it's always a thrill. Thank you, Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you, you kind of mentioned it a second ago, but your first five nominations and your first five wins all came at the 45th Annual Grammy Awards back in 2003, where you and your music won all of the big four categories and that was with your debut album come away with me which is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year so first of all looking back 19 years later what do you remember <laughs> about that first grammys back in 2003 i was starving because we got there early for the pre-telecast because i had one award in that and, and the pre-tell starts at like ready. six in the morning. So, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, basically, I mean, it was, it was definitely like either pre or right after lunch, but I don't know if I ate and then I had to get ready. And then I just remember I didn't really eat dinner and then I didn't eat. And then we were there until like midnight and then we went to the after party and I had a giant martini and I was like, can someone feed me? <laughs> I was really hungry. That's mostly what I remember. Um, I think what a lot of fans probably remember is the famous photo of you trying to hold all five Grammys at once. Yeah. Um, was that as challenging as it looked? <laughs> it, yeah, it was actually. Absolutely. Did somebody like set it you was. up like, I, I, and like well, stack them up for you? There's a, there's a, there was another photo of me dropping one because oh, no. I couldn't 
keep them all in my arms and they're heavy. You don't, you don't want that on your toe. <laughs> it's, it's one of the most iconic photos. Uh, well, it's one of your most iconic, like person holding a bunch of Grammys photos. Like, <laughs> yeah, that that's, an elite, that's an elite group of people that have those photos. So you're, you're among that. That's a, <laughs> it's a good group. I mean, I, I was definitely in shock all night. I'll say that. You're like, I'm in shock. I've had nothing to eat. I've had one huge martini and now I'm flat (laughs) on the ground because no one's given me a gosh darn hors d'oeuvre yet. Somebody help me. Um, (laughs) Poor thing. Well, um, you're, you've revisited come away with me for a 20th anniversary edition of the album out next month. Um, uh, before I get to the question, I want to say Nora has also written liner notes for this project. Mm -hmm. So I fully expect Nora to be nominated for the liner notes Grammy next year. (laughs) Well, I really wrote them too. Really long. Did you see them? No, I I saw Not yet. I've seen the. She couldn't read them because they were too long. (laughs) (laughs) I I watched the teaser video that's up on YouTube and it looks like pages and pages of liner notes that you wrote. It is. And we found some really special old pictures from that era. I I dug through my memory box, you know, and I reached out to everyone who was there. A couple people had some cool pictures that they still had access to. Um, And yeah, I was trying to tell the story of the album because it was a little bit complicated and I didn't feel like I could tell it without going into real detail. It wasn't like a soundbite story, you know, it was a, like, they had a lot of nuance and a lot of, a lot of characters in it. Um, I mean, the, the package is beautiful. So if, if, if anyone is uh, remotely interested in this album, as many people clearly have been over the past 20 years, you should go check it out because it really looks like a very beautifully executed package if you like tangible objects to hold and things to yeah, slide in and out. Nobody gets anymore. <laughs> um, but um, what was it like, you know, coming back to, to the songs? Because there's a lot of um, uh, unreleased material on it and demo recordings. There's a, there's a wealth of material that is sort of new or quasi new to the masses. So what was it like going back and digging up those unreleased, you know, tracks and demos. It was like time traveling. It was very um, healing in a way because some of them I just hadn't heard and I forgot like, oh, that was good. That could have been on the album. You know, we just had to narrow it down. There was a lot of stuff from this original demo session we did before they signed me. Blue Note gave me um, some money to make more demos so they could decide fully if they wanted to sign me. And it, we ended up doing like 13 songs and, and we eventually released like a small EP that never got reissued digitally. So that might be unknown to some people, um, though I think it's on YouTube or something, but there were an extra s- six or seven songs from that that have never been heard by anyone. And then I went into the studio to make the album with a great producer, Craig Street, and that version of the album I mean, there were 21 songs. And I think we remixed and are releasing maybe 13 or 14 of the best ones. But um, that never got heard because it got rejected by the record label. Oh. And then they say, yeah, I know. No, I mean, it, but it's beautiful. And there were a lot of reasons for it. But anyway, my point is the story has a lot of nuance and explains all those reasons and and all the weird steps that happened after that and before that. And um we ended up with the record, which is a mishmash of that recording session, like a few songs from that, a few songs from the original demos, including Don't Know Why, which was the first demo we recorded. Oh, wow. That's nuts. Yeah. And then, and then like the, the additional songs on the record were, were redone by us in the studio with producer Reef Martin. So 
it's complicated. <laughs> did you, but, record, you know, did you record anything new for the project or was it fully just like um, unearthed previous recordings? It was all unearthed stuff. Wow. So it's all from 20 plus years ago. There's a few songs, one song even from high school that I recorded in my band room. Hmm. So we, we basically started with the three demos I gave Bruce Lundball at Blue Note Records when I first met him. And then we pretty much put everything on there that was, that was good uh, up to the record. The fact that you can get this album and hear a recording that you did in your band room in high school is just super awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's very sweet because it really shows the evolution of where I was, where I was going, where I ended up, where I went back to, and where it all ended. I mean, it didn't end there, but it ended for the record there. You know there's going to be a 40th anniversary reissue. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Like, I'm, I mean, when the label was like, it's going to be 20 years, you need to do something special. I was like, well, only if we have something special to do, I'm not going to do it just to do it. And then once we started really getting into it, I couldn't believe how much special stuff there was. I was so excited about it, you know? That's exciting. And, and, uh, this year's Grammy nomination is for your live project till we meet again, which was perfectly timed given the lack of live music over the past couple of years. Um, and you handpicked performances from around the world for the project. So how did you choose which songs and, and which performances of those songs to include? Well, my producer, um, Jamie Landry for that album, he's my engineer. He's my sound engineer on tour. And he records every show for at least the last five to seven years because it's so easy to do now. And you multi-track it, you can mix it, whatever you want. So um, I think it was summer 2020. I was like, God, I miss playing live. And then um, I had to listen to some live recordings for a radio show. It was like a charity thing. They wanted some live tracks. And so he sent me over some great stuff that we had done in 2019 in, in uh, Brazil the last tour I did and it sounded so good. The audience was just, it was like feeding my soul listening to it. Not me necessarily, but I mean, the performances I was proud of and I thought they sounded really good. And just the, the sound of the audience just made me so giddy. And so that's when I decided, I was like, what if we put out a live album of the best of whatever we got from the last couple of years of uh, the version of sort of this band. And it really was fun. It's, it's wild. I, I, I didn't realize it, but it was your first full sort of like full length live album that you had ever released, which I just was sort of flabbergasted. Yeah. About. Well, early on in my career, you know, they had somebody come film me in New Orleans and they're like, oh, we're going to release it as a DVD because that's when DVDs were hot. Remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so we did that and it was super off the cuff and I wasn't really prepared to release something like that but it looked good and and it sounded great and he just happened to catch us on a great night and it sold a lot and it was great but so that was only a dvd and i didn't realize that that never got released on as like an album mm. and then i did another dvd a few years ago a few years later that was super planned out and it's going to be a dvd and let's make a big deal and it was also great but um yeah those are the only two live things i've ever released the, and they the, were a long time ago. The I, I am going to move on to the next question, but I have to say that the the live album like sounds really good. Like the fact yeah. that like you can it just it 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 it's I'm like you know whoever mixed this like did such an amazing job because you really feel like you're there and you can hear all the instruments and you can hear all the players. So anyway, thanks. Just, that's just Jamie, I, yeah, well, good. Jamie, 
<laughs> my engineer, he, Jamie mixed it. And um, that's why he, I, you know, he was the producer on it. Cause he, he basically, Oh, you had asked how we picked the takes. And I will say we kind of focused on like the last few years because this version of the band that was more trio or quartet has, has been really fun for me. And I've really been playing a lot more piano. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like, I feel like my piano playing has changed a lot over the last few years and the interaction in the band is very spontaneous. So we picked that. There were a few versions that we weren't sure which version was the best, but we did end up picking the versions where the audience was the most loving. I will say like, because, because what I missed that I was getting from hearing these recordings from Brazil, which is probably the most loving audience in the whole world in Brazil. No offense, everyone else, but they just are. But, uh, you know, we really sort of leaned towards the ones where you could feel the room and hear the audience and know what they look like, you know, just like, just see the smiles on their faces. So I'm sure that resonated with the Grammy voters who are obviously musicians as well. Like, you know, I'm sure they were living vicariously through hearing that kind of like audience response (laughs) too. So that's very cool. And well, you know, sort of with that in mind, you know, looking forward, you're going out on tour this summer. Yay. Yeah. Um, starting with a performance at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Um, I mean, kind a of thousand a thousand yays. Yes. Exactly. So what, yeah. what, can, what can fans expect from your up- upcoming tour dates? I don't know. Just gratitude and like hours of be... Molly crew. I mean, <laughs> if you want. Yeah. I mean, I have been listening to a lot of crew lately. Um, <laughs> but I, um, when I work out sometimes, (laughs) but, um, I mean, you know, what can they expect? I I never know what to say to that because it's still a few months away. I I mean, I know it'll be great. (laughs) You know, we're going to play all kinds of songs from the past and the future and the the present. The future. So we may, we may get sort of hints of new music, maybe perhaps on the road. It's it's still four months away. So, you know, I can (laughs) only say the future. Anything can happen. (laughs) And um, finally, circling back to the Grammys, uh, the Recording Academy has obviously been super supportive of you since the very start of your career. So what do you think that that acknowledgement from them has meant to you? And how do you think it has kind of maybe affected the trajectory of, of your career as an artist? I mean, it changed my life. You know, the first record changed my life, but it was a slowish, fast burn, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like the first week we sold you know, 10,000 records, which at the time now that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But at the time it was a lot for a jazz record on a jazz label. Um, and so it just started going up and up in the trajectory, just the buzz, like the, the buildup kept happening. And I kept thinking, well, this could be the last week of this uh, whole ride. And then the next week it went higher. And then the next week it went higher. And then just when I felt like it could go any higher, because it was bananas. Um, we'd already gone platinum. We'd been number one on the charts, which was just so crazy for a record like that. It wasn't a pop record, you know, and I was an unknown artist before that. Um, just when I thought it couldn't go more nets, like the Grammys happened and it just went like into the stratosphere. So, I mean, yeah, the Grammys changed my life. It was, it was bananas. And they continue to, you know, change your life 20 years later too with a new nomination. So it's so special and fun. And, you know, of course it feels good to be uh, recognized, you know, 
or seen at all. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Good luck at the Grammys on April 3rd. And uh, looking forward for the whole world to hear this, uh, the new take on your first album. So thank you so much for your time. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much to Nora for taking the time to speak with us. Seriously, like an elite Grammy episode guest. I mean, this is, as I said to her in the interview, has one of the most famous, you know, trying to hold as many Grammys at once photos of all time. Uh, This woman has some hardware (laughs) over the years, to say the least. Yeah, we look forward to another nomination next year for liner notes for Nora as well. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Come away with me in the night. Come away well, let's stay with Nora, shall we? 20 years ago this month, Jones made her Billboard chart debut with the album Come Away With Me. It bowed on multiple charts dated March 16, 2002, including the Billboard 200. The set started at number 139, and as Jones noted earlier in our interview, it sold about 10,000 copies in the United States in its first week, back when the chart was just a pure album sales ranking. The album would eventually climb to the top 40 in May of 2002, buoyed by the slow burn hit single Don't Know Why. And then the album hit the top 20 in July of 2002. Then it broke the top 10 in September of 2002, and then, finally, rose to number one on the January 25th, 2003 dated chart in the wake of Jones's multiple Grammy nominations for the album. The album would eventually spend a total of four non-consecutive weeks atop the list, and its fourth and final week at number one came when the album jumped back to the top rising 3-1 to one in the wake of the Grammy Awards ceremony. It went from 144,000 copies sold when it was number three to 621,000 when it what? jumped number one after the Grammy Awards. The hell? I mean, I know that, like, everything is all skewed now, but, like, half a million copies after it had been out that long and already beloved and already a hit, it just moves another half a million? Whoa. Let's remind people that let's back in 2003, the only way that you could actually listen to music really was if you bought a CD. iTunes didn't exist yet. Streaming didn't exist yet. I don't think YouTube existed. So Napster did, but (laughs) yeah, illegal downloads. They certainly (laughs) existed. All right. All told, Come Away With Me has spent more than 160 weeks on the Billboard 200 and has sold over 11 million copies in the United States alone. Since Come Away With Me, she has visited the Billboard 200 a total of 14 more times with five more top 10 albums, of which two of them hit number one, Feels Like Home, which was the follow-up to Come Away With Me, and Not Too Late. So there you have it. A little look back at how Nora Jones began her Billboard chart career 20 years ago this month. So all I ask is for you Come away with me in the night. Now, not to put you on the spot, but did you own Come Away With Me? Come away 
Oh, I'm sure I have it in my CD collection, which is yeah, now in a storage I, unit. I did too, but I feel like it's one of those albums. Like I knew you were going to say yes. You yeah, know what I mean? Everyone like, had it. Everybody had that album. It was just, it was the most casual purchase of all time. Like, duh, I need this like very calming vibe in my life. Like to, you know, play when I'm trying to study or whatever, you know, like it was, everybody had it. Oh, you're thinking of it. You're thinking of it from the angle of it's an unlikely purchase. Unlike, say, no. You know, like, oh, do you own No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom? Oh, no, yeah, it's a good I, pop no, album. Everyone I, has that. I'm saying it's actually like it's a very likely purchase. It's like okay. my parents had come away with me. You know what I mean? Like you had it. I had it. My parents had it. And it was something that just like I think that in the CD buying time, I often looked for albums you could just put on start to finish like in the background of your life and and have comforting vibes and that was one of those you know what i mean like or you could play it at a dinner party and like still have conversation but hear this lovely music in the background you know yeah it's just it's a classic album uh well we've reached the end of our show but i i i remembered that uh, 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 almost a, well, a week ago, if you're listening to this on like, Tuesday. feels like a long time ago, Keith. <laughs> uh, uh, Katie and I went to a concert together, uh, my first concert since COVID. Whoa. Uh, uh, I didn't Katie, realize that part. Katie and I had a, had, a, had a pop shop adventure where we saw Dua Lipa live at the Forum. Yes. And uh, anybody who listens knows, A, we love Dua Lipa, but B, we've been talking to her. We've had the pleasure of talking to her. Three times on the podcast now. Four times. Four times on the podcast. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, Four yeah. We talked times. to her. She came to the office once when she and then had I, those I talked heels. to her you talked backstage at the Grammy Museum. Museum. Then we both talked to her when Future Nostalgic first came out. And then and last then, December. Wow. Yeah. So we had to go see her. It was incredible. Um, it was truly the album come to life. And as Keith and I witnessed, it was like everybody knew every word, to every song. They've been living with the song for exactly two years. It came out two years ago in March 2020. Yeah, she just and celebrated every the two-year song, anniversary of it. Yeah. Every song is like a single. Like no matter whether it was actually released as a single or not, it, people reacted like a single came on every time every future nostalgia song came on. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that she performed every song on the standard original version of the Future yes, Nostalgia album. Yes, she did. Album. Yep, Dan and I checked that. My husband came as well. Our pop shop uh, field trip third wheel was my husband. And we we looked at that the second we got in the car. Like, did she play literally every song? Yes, she played every song from the album. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of the Future Nostalgia album, then you are going to be very satisfied with the uh, set list. Yes, it was so fun. It was such a fun night. It went so fast. It was just like a dance party, and then it was just over in a blip. Yeah. So um, what song should we go out on as we we, uh, are looking forward to the Grammy Awards? Uh, Should we pick, I think we've done this before, but like do you have an all-time favorite, like Grammy-winning song, artist, album? This is very expansive. It can be almost anything. That seems like Literally. it's like too expansive. Like, I, <laughs> like I want, I want. Do you have something in your head? Do you have a favorite Keith? best new artist winner? Oh wow! Um. <laughs> Obviously, Mariah Carey is an amazing best new artist winner. Yes, Lauren love Mariah. Hill. Um, love Lauren Hill. A taste of honey. I believe they won. <laughs> That's such a random direction you just went. You know, Robin Williams was nominated for best new artist. I did not year. know that. I, I did not know that. Well, 
Um, I think the Blues uh, Brothers were even nominated for Best New Artist. Really? Maybe? Yeah, I think oh, so. I definitely didn't know that. At this point, I could be talking out of the side of my face. Well, <laughs> hey, I just realized who my best, my favorite Best New Artist winner is. Who? It's, it's Dua Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you feel like we should just go out on the song that we both were shocked was not a single with how freaked out everyone like was when they started playing it? This is where we're going to find out that it was a single. And it wasn't. Idiots. I looked it up. I looked it up. It was not a single. Not it a was single, not. I not, swear not, to God. Definitely not in America. If it, yeah, could have been released someplace else. I don't know. But in the U.S., 100 percent, not a single. I looked at the list of singles and hallucinate, not a single from Future Nostalgia. Yet the crowd might have gone like wilder over hallucinate than many of the, the beloved singles from the album. They just yeah. they freaked out. So I think we should go out on hallucinate by Best New oh. Artist winner Dua Lipa. All right, we'll go out on that. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.